0: Go ahead, Marty.
1: Okay, I'll start then. Uh, this is a podcast, it's called Recovered AF. I'm one of your co-hosts, my name is Aaron. Kyle is our other co-host. I was gonna say his name's Kyle, but that was a bit redundant. Um, and uh, he's gonna he's going to give us a disclaimer and then he's gonna introduce our guest. both.
0: Perfect, okay, yeah. Uh, our disclaimer is uh, we're not affiliated with any 12-step organization. Those organizations don't have spokespeople or representatives. This podcast is Aaron's experience, my experience, and our guests' experience when we have them. Um, That doesn't mean we're speaking for 12 Steps, and some of us are having different experiences, and that's all to the good. So um, whatever we say here isn't exact to what the 12-step world might say. We're open to talking about anything, and um, we have a really interesting guest today who's done a whole bunch of stuff, um, works at a treatment center, has written a book, does all this st- cool stuff, uh, and we know her, technically I know her, um, from Megan, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, I believe you guys were in harmony together, so our my, our guest today is, her name is Michael, Michael, how are you doing?
2: Hey, I'm doing so awesome, thank you guys for having me.
0: Good, good, and then we were just talking before we started that uh, you had to hardwire in, because you're in a mountain town. And everyone's Netflix and chilling. So you're uh, you're hardwired in so that we could do this today. So thank
1: you. <laughs> and technical difficulties.
0: Did we lose her? Her hardwire might have went out.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Can you uh, just pause that?
0: And. We're back with technical difficulties hopefully fixed and Michael hardwired in. So uh, are you like I asked, you're you're basically working one day a week and then home quarantined essentially the other days, right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. You know, that's why I'm hardwired in, because everybody is at home literally watching Netflix, doing everything they possibly can on the internet. And so this is the first time, I think, since I was like six years old, I've had to, I had to hardwire in.
0: Right, yeah. Um, so usually where we kick off the podcast is just your original introduction to the 12-step world, whether that was... Um, when you stayed or just your original introduction, what does that look like for you?
2: My original introduction into the 12 steps was, you know, originally when I first realized I had a problem with drinking and drugging and, you know, I'd heard, I'd had a lot of friends that had, you know, heard of it. And I had actually had one of my good friends from high school's dad uh, recovers out loud and, she let me know that he was very active in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous in my hometown. And so, you know, I just got desperate. And, you know, it's not that I was really ready to quit, but I was ready to also explore what, you know, what life could be. And so literally on Valentine's Day on a Sunday, I went to my very first meeting. Mm-hmm. And that and, you know, as soon as I walked in those, that that heavy door down to the church basement it was as much as I didn't want to be there. I also wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was interesting. It was, it was interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, so I, I come from a, a place where, um, you know, alcoholism runs in my family. And I remember, uh, you know, growing up, uh, with my, uh, you know, mother, uh, having to drag me along to a few AA meetings. And so, uh, and, and just aunts and, and uncles being in the family program and just, you know, having had a lot of exposure to it. And sometimes it's hard for me to understand what a bizarre world it is for somebody that might never have had that experience. Somebody, you know, like Kyle, that didn't have any uh, experience with the 12 steps or right. a lot of our guests until they hit a treatment center or whatever. So, yeah, being being new to the 12 step world is, I'm sure, plenty interesting. Yeah. And then did you did you stick when you went or
0: did you have some ups and downs? What did um, what did, what kind of transpired till eventually you stayed sober? Was it that time?
2: No, I so I basically I started out in the rooms you know to appease my family and to get them off my back because they were so desperate for me to, to, to stop drinking. And so when I first went in there on Valentine's Day, you know I did the deal like I got a sponsor. I lasted 37 days. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, you know, I saw what people had, you know, gentlemen, but I was just like, I wasn't ready. I was just like, if I am gonna do this, I have to do it when I am ready Mm -hmm. to be sober. And so I I got resentful. And so I literally I went back out. I, you know, it was really hard because I was in a small town and so You know, I would see people from the rooms when I was totally wasted, like at the grocery store or walking down the street. And deep down, I was like, I know I'll get there. I just don't know how, and I'm just not ready. And so then it took actually me, you know, just hitting my, hitting what I believe was my rock bottom. And I ended up at treatment at the harmony foundation up at Estes park. Mm-hmm. And that was my choice. Like I was ready. You know, I had what I, what I know was kind of like a spiritual experience, just that complete utter desperation. Mm-hmm. And when I got to harmony and it was, it is still like it was, it is a 12 step based treatment center. And that really helped, and what also helped me to stay sober, because God willing, one day at a time, I have not gone out since mm. going to treatment in December of 2015. Uh, my counselor at treatment was also in, in was also sober and also, you know, a big member of Alcoholics Anonymous, mm. and so that made me just really realize, oh my gosh, like this is possible.
0: Right. Yeah. And we, I guess I'd never have thought about it this way, but Megan and I overlapped because I was in treatment in December as well of 2015. So we were in harmony at the same time and both have had the same experience that uh, have been there, had some sort of a spiritual experience, you know, as part of that and then have, have stayed around. So um, what is, what does recovery look like since then? Did you get out? Did you go back to your same town? Uh, Did you did you, you know, do a bunch of different stuff? Like what is, what did recovery look like after, after rehab?
2: You know, I was that person, you guys, that I was like, like this has got to be number one. And obviously it, they, it was not my, my counselor in case management of the harmony was highly against me going back to my hometown because they were like, I don't know if you should do that, Michael. But I knew that if I went back home, I was going to be so supported by the group of people that went to the to the rooms in, in Telluride, Colorado, that is my hometown. Mm -hmm. And so I literally like 10 x recovery. I did 102 meetings in 90 days. I got a new sponsor when I got home, even before I got home from treatment, I went to a meeting up in Denver Mm -hmm. and I just, I dove in with two feet into the 12 steps. Like my life depended on it. And it does, Mm -hmm. you know, in my opinion, every single day. And I just, i fully just embraced this journey of recovery you guys and I I live and breathe recovery and the 12 steps because I mean like things that have happened in my life I never thought were possible hmm. and so what my recovery looks like today is yes I still work a very strong program of AA and then I also explore some other things like dharma and recovery I've also explored just um, just different meetings like life ring and celebrate recovery just to see what they were all about, but they all have the same underlying principles, you know, just with this, you know, just a spiritual program in my, in my eyes. Um, but I am full on recovery, like to the nth degree.
1: (laughs) I wanted to ask you about your, um, you said you got, um, a, a sponsor and then you got into the work, uh, right away. Is that correct? You guys, Started um, doing the steps. You started doing the steps with a sponsor as as soon as you got out of treatment. Is that that correct?
2: Oh, yeah. Like as soon as – and that was what I was told to do by my therapist. And so when I left Harmony, I had already made it through step five. Uh But then when I got out and I got with my – Yeah. Um, so I got home. I got a sponsor, and we started back at step one, and we did a step a week. Uh, and so I got through the twelve steps in twelve weeks. Nice. Because uh, that is how she was taught by her sponsor. Yeah. And so there was there was a lot of joy. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of growth. There was a lot of uncomfortability. But then it was all it was everything that I knew I needed. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think Aaron and I both had that experience as well as getting into the work quickly and getting through the work quickly and not kind of, you know, you hear stories of year and stuff like that. It's like, I don't know, my experience has been every time I've gone through the work is at a very rapid pace, you know, to get through it, be, you know, focused. And for me, it shows that I have initiative to, to get better. You know, if I'm dragging my feet and I'm not interested in really doing much of it, then that's, I have found myself and working with others that that's not usually a very good sign.
1: So, yeah, I just, um, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, and then you said you, uh, so like Kyle and I have talked on here. So let me, um, preface this by saying, you know, my, my base is in the 12 steps. Like that's, that's, um, uh, yeah, that's where my base is and that's where my foundation is. Um, but then at the same time when I got back this time, uh, when I started going through the work, it had also been suggested that I see, uh, and talk to a trauma therapist and do some EMDR. And, um, like my last time in sobriety, I had been pretty close minded to stuff like that. I was like, you know, the 12 steps will take care of everything and I don't need any of this other shit. And this, you know, like I would probably refer to it as some sort of hippie bullshit. I don't know why <laughs> I would have came up with that analogy. But, but and so I was pretty close minded to doing anything outside the 12 steps because I was like, this is where the answer is. And some of that was because I hadn't done them before and had a terrible experience being in, a, in the rooms, not doing the steps. And so I was like, okay, it's all about the steps. And so, uh, and so this time I got back and I did some EMDR and, and you had talked about, you know, doing other things. Um, in addition to uh, your 12 step work, I was wondering if you could talk about some of the, some of the other things that you might've done in, in addition to.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So besides, besides the 12 steps and I'll preface this too, is that, one of the biggest things that, you know, not only my sponsor, but also my counselor, Harmony, told me to do was, you know, Michael, you need, like, one thing I want you to do is diversify your recovery. Meaning, you know, I want you to be able to not just lean on one thing, be able to have multiple things that you can lean on in case something, if in case, like, you can't find a meeting, you know, like, or like, like, there's nowhere in the area to find a meeting or you know, you get sick and tired of that, so you should have meditation or Dharma as a back, as a back, you know, as a backup. But just make sure that you're not totally relied, relying on one thing. And so that really helped me to see, okay, I can have a foundation in one thing, which is the twelve steps, but to also, you know, diversify. And so what I've done is I've really enjoyed getting into Dharma. Um, I love just the whole how they are. They really focus on the higher power aspect instead of the word God. Mm-hmm. Even though I do say God. Um, but I do like that. It's more, it's more spiritually inviting and I really like the meditation that comes with it. And so I'm really, really diligent about meditation and prayer and yoga, like being like my, like my working out and my exercising for my recovery is huge. It's so key. Um, and again, I've been able to meet when I explore these other meetings, like Dharma, I've met other people that have other tips and tricks for me that I probably wouldn't have known about just going to AA. So it's been really rewarding to be able to learn other things that, again, I still believe all of these different things, like five degrees of separation with AA, you know, it's just, you know, worded differently or a different perspective. And so I'm really grateful that a lot that these different avenues, they all correlate. They're all interwoven. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you do any outside reading, like uh, extra literature and stuff? Aaron and I do a decent amount of reading on other stuff. And if so, what's some of your favorite outside literature that's not, you know, 12 step approved traditionally, but also you found a lot of value in,
2: you know, some of my favorite books are, you know, the dark night of recovery and drop the rock. I love those two books. I read them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then outside of that too, I love in the realm of hungry ghosts and then the body keeps score. Uh, just because I also like the medical side Mm -hmm. and just being able to just hear like historically, like what has happened with people like ourselves with the addiction um, problem, not problem, but what what we have. Mm -hmm. So I and I also like um, the untethered soul. Oh, Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Um, But I think it's important to be able to, you know, read other books besides just just the big book, just because again, for me, it's about just being, you know, just so knowledgeable. And for me, it's also about being able to ha- strike up conversations with people in early recovery or people that are trying to get sober that they might, they might look at the, the blue book and they're like, Oh God. Yeah. And then I can be like, you know, we'll like try this book or just read this and just see if this will help kind of, you know, really, you know, maybe like a light bulb will go off for you. Um, because I just think that's important.
0: Absolutely. And you Sorry, I'm talking a lot, Aaron, but you've You selfish son of a bitch. Some of <laughs> yeah. us have are less well than others, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> uh you've you've written a book too, correct?
2: I have. And
0: and what is what is that called? And and is that just your life story, or is is there more to it than that?
2: Oh, it's okay, guys. Check this out. It's like it's it's pretty ridiculous. It's awesome. So what it's called, it's called Drowning in Addiction, Sink or Swim. And it's the ultimate guide to choosing your path to recovery. So I co-authored it with two other people. One of them is in recovery. The other one, his he watched his dad die of cirrhosis of the liver. Had to pull him off life support. And so we came together, and we these are good friends of mine. We wanted to write a book that talked about like the ugly, like the true ugly parts of addiction, and then also you know what can happen when you do recover. And what I love about our book is we talk about the, the multiple pathways to recover because the other person that wrote it, who's in recovery, Andrea, she despises the 12 steps. Okay. She absolutely despises them. And I think it's awesome because I love them. Right. And so we're able to really, and then we interview people that, that are like one of my favorite interviews in the book is for, is from a gentleman that I am in the rooms with who's an atheist, but has found a way to make the 12 steps work for him. Hmm. Um, you know, being a free thinker and then, Andrea talks about how she uses smart recovery and she uses Dharma to be able to, you know, for her recovery pathway. And so it's really awesome to read a book and to write a book where it's like, there's no judgment. It's just you coming in with an open mind and being able to see, hey, there's not just one way. So if you've tried one way and it didn't work, keep trying. And then we also share stories of like the horror of addiction that happens where people feel like they can't talk about it. And that's why we choose to recover out loud because we don't because shame and guilt can't be in the same can't live in the same headspace as faith. Mm. And so, we all chose to be like, "Hey, like this is what's going on. Like you don't have to to hold on to this shame. You can actually choose to use your addiction as your greatest power, your greatest asset, to be able to help others."
0: Wow.
1: that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you there was a time again. I, I, I ran into a lot of pitfalls, um, cause I was in harmony, uh, I was in harmony in oh, a- August of 2012. And then I was sober for several years and then, um, you know, went back out and got a little bit more and then, um, got back in 20, 2017. Um, but in those t- that time I was sober, I found a lot of pitfalls and, and getting up on soap boxes and deciding that I knew the way and, uh, you know, and, and it was, you know, it, Big book based, and it was very uh, arrogant. And if you're not doing it this way, you're not doing it correctly. And uh, until I was the one on the outside with the beer in my hand, you know, that obviously didn't work so well for me. So, when you talk about writing a book uh, with somebody who's, you know, opposed to the 12 steps, Kyle and I have had guests on our show that um, are from a a research institute that definitely are not in line with the 12 step approach Mm -hmm. and uh, do not, you know, uh, agree with the idea that you know, this is an illness. And, uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, being open-minded to, you know, we've both come to the realization now that however anybody gets well is a good thing, right? We don't, we're not really concerned with how you do it. If your life is better and you're doing better and you don't have to live that way anymore, that's a good thing. It doesn't have to be my way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so I wanted to ask you, cause you, you talked about now that you work at the treatment center where all three of us ended up, uh, being, it's pretty popular (laughs) regionally. Um, what, what were you, you weren't, I assume you weren't in this line of work prior to, um, getting sober.
2: No, I was not. I was before, like before, before going to treatment, you know, I was, I was in the spa world. Um, I, I got my degree, uh, from KU for, with business, just business management. Um, and so I was in the spa world doing spa directing, spa managing for a couple different spas and then some entrepreneurial gigs too. I actually owned, I actually owned a pot tour bus, which was pretty great. Um, and then once, and then once I got sober, I was just like, I felt like I was totally lacking purpose. You guys, I was like, I want to help save people. Like, I don't want to be quiet about this because like this, like this is tough. Mm -hmm. And so I literally got out of treatment. I went back to doing some work in the spa. I got my, I got my coaching certifications. Um, I went and got my Colorado peer and family specialist certification and I stayed and I stayed close to Harmony. I had no intention of working there. Mm-hmm. You know, I just went back there for a couple of reunions. And then when they came down for an alumni dinner uh, to in the southwest Colorado where I'm at, there was like 20 of us that showed up. And one of the employees, Dr. Peters, was like, you know, Michael, if you ever wanna move up to Estes or up, you know, we like we could use you as an alumni coordinator. Like we'd love to have you, and for for whatever reason, it's like my life was going great. You guys, by the way, like I was fine, you know, like doing coaching because I was coaching people like to like in sobriety and like helping them get comfortable being sober. So I was getting into the into the recovery world, and it, and when Doctor Peters just just kind of put that little seed in my in my soul, I was like I was like, well, what if I did, mm-hmm. you know? And so I literally you know, about a month went by and I was like, Hey, are you guys still looking for somebody? And they were like, yeah, do you want to apply? And so I applied, I, you know, I drove up and I had my interviews and then, you know, I got the job and I, and I just trusted you guys. Like, I mean, this, it was literally kind of like divine timing, like a God moment for me. Like, I was like, Michael, you just, you just got to go for it. And I have just totally enjoyed it. Um, starting out there as the alumni coordinator and now being able to now move into a director role, being the director of alumni and recovery support services for this organization is uh, is a dream and I just it like my soul is so happy the purpose that I feel you guys mm-hmm. every day like all I want is for me to be able to put my hand I just say tell people if I could just put my hand on your heart and show you what's possible like that's what I'm here to do um, and that's why I chose to totally do a career change because I'm like, I want people, I want people to have what I have. Mm. Um, It's incredible.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. And the first time I met you, you were actually speaking up at Harmony. Megan and I went and we climbed Long's Peak that morning and then we went and saw you speak that night. And yeah, your story is really inspirational because what we like about our podcast is we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on what it was like when we were out there, but I think it's safe to say you're definitely one of us from your story, you know? And so to see how much you've transformed and the, the person you are today, um, listening to your story, even that was a couple of years ago, I was like, there's no way this chick is, you know, like I couldn't even connect the stories you were telling and who you were to where you were then. And now to be a person that's, um, you know, impacting the recovery community that we all came from. I think that's, that's awesome. I mean, what, what is a day to day look like there? Are you interacting with new clients? Or are you only talking to people that have come out of their alumni? Or what does your kind of day to day look like at the, at the treatment center?
2: Oh my gosh! It is it is so fun, you guys. It is it is so fun because it is so different every day. You know, so you like when it's normal when we're not in social distancing. I'm usually on campus twice a week to be able to meet with current clients to talk to them all about the recovery support services that we offer them. That uh, once they leave treatment, so I connect with them on campus so that Mm -hmm. they get to know, love, and trust me, Uh, and then. On um, the days I'm not on campus, I'm having coffee dates with alumni. I'm meeting with other alumni coordinators in the area to do a lot of collaboration with events. I'm usually, or I'll be out and about doing, like, like actually holding space to be able to go and uh, do presentations on alumni and the importance of alumni in our community, mm-hmm. um, in the recovery community. Uh, I usually, or I'll, like I said, yeah, it's a lot of, like, putting putting events on. I'll travel and visit different sober livings, uh, different other treatment centers, just so I can get a feel in case we have somebody that needs to go to a PHP or an IOP that's not harmony. You know, I can get to know what else is out there in the treatment land for them. Um, Also, just really getting to know other people in the recovery community that want to promote or help us give services to our um, alumni, whether it's spiritual retreats, it's recovery cooking classes, whether it's Duke with Sober with Sober Entertainment to help us with tickets for events, so it, it's a lot of networking, and it's all for the good of what alumni want. The other thing that I that I also do too is, you know, I ask the alumni, I'm like, what do you guys want to do together when you get out of here? because this isn't about me. This is about what's going to help you thrive in recovery. And so I take to heart what they say very seriously. So for instance, last year, a lot of people were like, Michael, we want ski days. Like we don't just want to like go to a meeting. I'm like sick. So I put together alumni ski days last year, this past year, we went skiing the last two Wednesdays of every month up at winter park, which was awesome. And so it's really fun to just get to know the alumni and get to see you know, get to see what their gifts are. I always ask alumni, I'm like, you know, if there's anything you want to gift to the current clients or a way to give back, you know, let me know. And so I really try to help really boost their confidence. There's a lot of social media that I do with alumni too. I also do a lot of interviews with alumni, just over Zoom, like what we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to capture data and to be able to put together really awesome alumni videos to send out to people to just see what Harmony does for people. So it's so like I said, it's never a dull moment. I love it so much. I get so jazzed. It's like, it's guys, it's the coolest thing ever to not only be in recovery, but to share your recovery and learn more about it. Oh, I am such a dork. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> in regards to that, like, um, you know, sometimes a lot of people that we've interviewed were, were pretty high achievers, um, despite their active alcoholism or despite their active addiction you know, and, uh, that was the thing that, you know, um, I, you know they were they were able to you know perform despite that, but I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and you've just got a ton of energy and a ton of engagement and I can just see it. I mean, We we like to do these things in person so that, you know, we can get some feel for what's going on. But I can feel it coming through the laptop. I can tell, you know, that you're not faking anything about this. You're genuinely engaged. You're genuinely energetic and passionate about what you do. And I'm just wondering if that's just because you found your heart's calling. Or or were you you a pretty energetic person prior to getting well? Or is this just this newfound passion? Or are you just, just that kind of person altogether and you just needed the right environment to to you know let that grow.
2: Yeah, so it's a combination of all that and thanks for saying that here. And so what's interesting is even before I got sober, like I was known as just like you know a hurricane of happiness. Yeah. Cuz you know like people just I was always high vibing. Like when you were around Michael like you knew like oh my god, here she comes like cuz I just had this zest <laughs> for life. But then what happened is when my addiction got really really bad in the last like 2 years I started, I didn't go out in public. I started isolating because I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want people to see that Michael wasn't this person anymore. Like, cause my addiction just, just got a hold of me. Hmm. And I was like, if people see me, they will know something is wrong. And hmm. so I isolated so that to, to protect my, what I'd always knew was my true identity, but it just kind of had to take a little break because I was, my addiction took over essentially. Um, and so a lot of people like were like, you know, we didn't know you had a problem or we just didn't see you for a while. And I'm like, Yeah, because I didn't want you to know. It was really fucking embarrassing <laughs> and super shameful. Like I didn't want you guys to think that I couldn't couldn't handle life. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it was so then once I got out of treatment and I got back to tell and I started going to meetings, you know, and I really found like my calling, like, you know, you had mentioned, Marin, like being in recovery and just sharing everything that I am, you know, my hurricane of happiness was literally 10x. And so now it's like I just literally wake up with a glow and people are always like, why are you so happy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you know, like I think, you know, through this recovery business, I've just really have just. Re- built this foundation of gratitude for life and just feeling so lucky every day when i wake up you guys like i just embraced what a miracle i am like because it's not normal for an an addict and an addict alcoholic like myself to be sitting here sober talking Mm. to you guys on a podcast like that's not supposed to happen yeah and so i just took i took recovery by the flipping bullhorns whatever you say by the (laughs) horns and i just i ride that and own it every day and it feels it just feels good to not hide that's the other part of this happiness is like i have no secrets i wrote my shit in a book i like all i want to do is help you know like Mm -hmm. i just i don't want to hide and it's it's so liberating. It's like the cool, Ah, oh, it's so cool. That's
0: awesome. What are you, I mean, you're basically doing service work all day, every day for your work. Are you, do you still participate in the 12 step as working with someone one-on-one or has your job kind of replaced that? I mean, I think service has all sorts of forms, but do you sponsor women now? I mean, I would think that a lot of people are interested in what you have with your, you know, your attitude and infectious personality, I would think that that would be, you'd be swatting them like flies, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, no. So I'm like, I work with two women right now. Um, and I don't, and I won't take on any more than that. And I know you're not supposed to say like no in recovery, but I say it with like being genuine and I always make sure I have referrals, like, you know, strong women that I know in recovery. Um, I also hold a service position for my home group. I'm the GSR right now of my home group. And, you know, just because I, for me, it's about in order for me to keep what I have, I have to give it away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, it doesn't matter how many hours a week I work, you know, like, I am like, able to do that because of recovery, because of the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. And so if I ever have moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to meet with my sponsor, I could be, or, or my, my sponsor, and I meet with my sponsor, she's still entire, we meet on FaceTime or mm-hmm. on the phone once a week. But like, even if I'm like, I don't want to meet with my sponsor or my sponsees, I'm like, Michael, like you know, like, like suck it up, you know, because like, sometimes you have those moments where right? I could be out biking and I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? You wouldn't be fucking biking if you weren't, <laughs> if you didn't do the steps, Michael. So like open up a can of man and you know, like, let's, let's do this. And I always feel better mm-hmm. after I meet with them. I always feel better, you know, but sometimes, you know, we get, I get that self will, you know, but uh yeah. So service is a big thing for me, you guys. I love being a part of it in the 12 steps. And also, like you said, it is a big part of my job. And I think that's why I love it so much because it is it's
1: like 24/7 365 service <laughs> yeah no kidding jeez <laughs> so um being being the uh, alumni coordinator i'm part of an app that the you know, um, that the harmony i don't know if you created that the hub you know what yep. i'm talking about and so i get those updates as to what's going on and i'm wondering just what my question is what kind of what is alumni involvement like and and the reason why i asked that is because you know, when I first got out of Harmony and I got back to uh, Cheyenne, I went through the work, I had an experience, you know, and I wanted to go back up there mostly just to convince those guys, hey, do the steps, right? There's like, I don't know, that that's what worked for me. And I want I want to make sure that I convey that message, you know, but aside from that, uh, you know, I stopped doing that and I just, I, I sometimes I wonder if, you know, um, as a person that gets the opportunity to live a pretty amazing life as well if I'm doing a disservice by not um you know letting those guys know and I was just wondering what what is alumni involvement like do you have a hard time getting people to I mean cuz all sort of stuff happens when people leave some people go uh, you know continue to drink some people get well and carry on with their lives and, and I, I I imagine some stay involved with the treatment center, what, what's the involvement like from alumni?
2: It's honestly, you know, Aaron, it's, it's incredible because again, I'm dealing with an alumni base of over 21,000 alumni over the 50 year span. Um, out of that 21,000, there's about 5,000 that are active that like open their emails, you know, check stuff. And out of the 5,000, there's about a little over 300 alumni that are very active. And these are, these are ones that I classify as they want to come to campus. I see them like all over Colorado to network. I talk to them, they come back for the reunion. They do days of harmony. So there's always alumni that are wanting to come to campus or wanting to participate in events, if I put a, put them on in Denver, you know Fort Collins, you know whatever it looks like. So yeah, and it's interesting because the alumni span from people that have you know 40 days out of treatment to there's alumni that have over 20 years that are so involved. And I think that's the beauty of harmony. Like why, you know, another reason why I love being there is the dynamic of our alumni of mm-hmm. how just, you know, like just how how widespread and how many years apart. But yeah, there are people that, you know, like I'll I'll meet with them and they're like, you know, like you don't you don't have to contact me. I'll contact you if I need to, just because there is people there are people that still really worry about their jobs or people don't know that they were at treatment and they and, and they have to do that. And I and I get it. At first it kind of pissed me off. But I'm like, hey, if this is what you need to do to protect your family and your work, I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, And then there's alumni. I mean, at least once a day, maybe not every day, but several times a week, there's always alumni that are writing thank yous, emails to the counselors, to the admin services. Um, so it's, it's awesome. You know, it's, I, I, I never feel like I can't find somebody to help me out if I need something, if I need help with something. so There's always someone that's like, I'll do it. Yeah. And
0: I'm like, thanks, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we had Gunner on the podcast, and he was talking about how he went up there and spent, was a it a, a day or two days or something? I think that's, is that some, a project that you put into place as well? Because I think it wasn't around when I was there, so I didn't know when when that came along. But he went up and was able to participate in small group and big group and was there for like two days, I think.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, my gosh, you guys, I don't know why you haven't signed up. It's yeah. uh, n- now now you have to because <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. so, so the program, it's a program that I implemented that I had actually done some research on when I – because I sit on an international board of alumni services, and it's called Days of Harmony. And so obviously it's it's canceled right now because of um, the coronavirus, and so hopefully we'll be able to pick it back up in June but so ideally once a month four alumni can come up two male and two female and you come up to campus and you immerse yourself in in clinical care for two full days you act just like a client but you wear a hot pink alumni nice. lanyard yeah. uh, and you literally are a client you immerse yourself in small group you hang out with them. You go on outings. Uh, you you don't stay the night there. You stay the night at a hotel if you want, or you can drive back and forth to your to your residence if you live close enough. Uh, the program is entirely free. Um, the, all the meals are taken care of. Uh, it's a way for clients to come back. I mean, alumni to come back and give hope to our current clients, and a way for the staff to see our alumni. Like I can't tell you how excited the staff get when this happens. So we we piloted it in 2019 gunner was part of the pilot program uh gunner malm along with three other alumni and then we launched it in january so we had our we had days of harmony in january and february and then we had to cancel for unfortunately for march mm. um in april um but uh it's been I mean, it's it's almost sold out for 2020. Wow. So you guys better get some spots. Hmm. But it's, it's it's interesting, you know, it's almost like the the staff get more excited. They're like, Michael, who signed up? Yeah. Because, you know, when you get when you're in it all the time on campus, and then you see alumni come back, and you know, you get to get you get to sit there and hear stories. And it really is a reboot for your recovery. Hmm. and like i said you have that opportunity to really plant some seeds and to also you know make that connection with a couple gentlemen when they leave they you can say hey give me a call yeah. uh so i highly recommend it and um it's very visceral a lot of people as well some of the alumni have told me they've just, they just they you feel the feels man when you get back up, up to a place that meant so much to your recovery hmm. uh but it's really
0: awesome. Yeah, you'll have to text Megan about it and her and I will sign up and try to go up there. That sounds like something I think we'd both like. So, yeah. I, yeah. I,
1: I actually looked into it and checked Did out you? some of the dates to see yeah. if they would um, uh, coincide with, with my vacation. It's tough to get time off work where I work. And unfortunately, they didn't. But I always thought that that would be something to be cool just um, to share that experience with those guys of you know what, what, what went well and what didn't go well mm-hmm. out out in the real world so yeah absolutely uh, the other thing i want to ask you about is you talked about um um exercise mm-hmm. being uh, crucial to your um being being well and that's something that i found what i realized is again that that time i talked about where i was through harmony and after that um nothing really changed in my physical realm and i smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes and i ate like shit and uh, i didn't do anything for my physical well-being you know and it was uh, you know, I don't know. I was tired and lethargic all of the time, and and this time around, uh, that intuitive um, you know thought came into me that I need to change physically as well. And I changed my diet and I began to exercise. And you know, as a result, physically, I'm not even the same person that I was. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got here and that's a, you know, I've sort of hit the dirt about the past two weeks. I have lost most of my motivation. I'm (laughs) not even going to lie and say that I'm working out seven days a week anymore. But, but, uh, you know, it is, it is, you know, I'll get back to it and it has been an integral part of uh, just my overall well-being what kind of stuff do you do for that and 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 your diet too i want to ask you about your diet because we had a, a friend on a, a that was a, a that's a vegan and i eat a ketogenic diet and another friend of ours does and other folks like megan just eats a real clean diet um mm-hmm. but all of this stuff i've ex, my experience is all of this stuff goes in to just an a, a, an overall um i don't know well-rounded life what's your experience with those things
2: oh, this is, I'm so glad you asked Aaron. This is amazing. So when I got out of harmony, like I had to supplement that sugar from the alcohol with sugar, like normal sugar. So I was like a total chub scout and like (laughs) ate, and I ate like cookie dough raw all the time, you know, ice cream, you name it. I packed on the pounds. Um, because I, I, my body was still, you know, you still have the post acute withdrawal symptoms for about a year and a half. And so but then I finally, it was like probably six months into my sobriety. And my twin sister is a movement and nutrition coach. And I was, she was like, Michael, I was like, dude, I'm ready. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is bad. You know? And it's like, I knew, I, I knew that it, it served a purpose, like going through those things. And then I was like, you know, like I destroyed my body drinking and drugging. And I was like, I wanted, I just wanted to like treat my body so well. And so I really, I've always been an athlete. And so I, I, right now i do a lot of um hit workouts i do a lot of trail running i really have gotten into um uh what's it called uh like the viper workouts and Mm. viper is it's a it's a it's an exercise tool that you use um trx i do a lot of like mobility a lot of um just high intense high intensity metabolic training and mobility I also do a lot of yoga. Like, so I do yoga in the mornings with my meditation, um, just because like I really want to be able to find that like just be able to like do things to like not so high intense all the time. Mm. The other thing I've done too is it's funny you brought up diet. I totally about it's been eight months now. I went vegan. Me and my fiance chose to go vegan, and I'm telling you right now, it was like the best decision so far in my life that i've ever made you guys and because i was a meat eater like i also hunted i used to shoot elk every year um and i just the more and more studies that were coming out and i was just feeling like lethargic and i started seeing a lot of my girlfriends were going vegan you know and i just my gut like you know i just wasn't feeling good and i was like you know i might as well just try it you know like like i can try anything like why not and so i tried it and when i met my actually my fiance when i first met him he was plant-based And then I got him back on the meat, and he was like, what are you doing to me? And so, (laughs) uh, so then, you know, and especially when I watched, uh, what is that documentary on Netflix? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Game changers. I think
1: game changers. Yeah.
2: yeah, Game changers. Oh my God. I was like, that's it. Um, (laughs) But literally even after that, and like just eating, you know, like I said, vegan, my body, you guys, I just feel so good. And like, Mm -hmm and it's not that like I have any allergies mind you like I'm I'm pretty blessed like knock on with that I wasn't born with like like stomach problems colitis digestion like problems like any like allergies but I was like I just feel good and like my endurance when I'm out hiking because I also do I hike a lot of 14ers mm-hmm. um I feel good, and I just I'm like obsessed with feeling good now. It's like maybe that's my new addiction. (laughs) But um, you know, and I'm not like you know like a straight like 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 a like a vegan where I'm like no, I'm not going to eat meat. Like if I go to a friend's house and they're cooking dinner, I'm not going to be snubby and be like no, I'm not touching that chicken. (laughs) Um, You know, I'll, I'll I'll be nice about it. But it's just my personal preference. And, uh, it's, it's wild. I just, it's and I, and my skin is so clear. Okay, guys, I know I'm a girl and you're a guy, <laughs> yeah. but for girls like, you know, for me to finally have like good looking skin, I really, Oh, I really believe that it has a lot to do with my diet, like no sugar, vegan. And it's like, and it's, and it's a confidence booster to you guys, like to not, like, to not feel like not having breakouts or any of those things too. I was always self-conscious about that. And now it's like, I wake up and I don't wear makeup uh, that's cool too. So yeah. I'm glad we could get personal yeah. about
1: this. Right. You, you can talk to me about one of those things. I'm definitely concerned with all of those things. Yeah, I are. spend plenty of time in front of a mirror. Don't worry about that. <laughs> your skincare.
0: Uh, so you, I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah.
1: well, I was just going to tell a silly story, but it was about the time that I, I'd been out of harmony a couple of months and, Um, There's a part in the, in the literature that talks about, you know, having just made conscious contact, we're not going to be inspired at all times and we could pay for this and all sort of what presumptive actions and ideas. I don't know how exactly the wording of it anymore, but, uh, I, uh, there was a rabbit that had been clipped where I was working and it was (laughs) paralyzed and, uh, I decided that they was just going to sit there and suffer, and I made a few calls. I was on a military installation working, and nobody wanted to do anything about it, and the guy said something about nature taking its course, and I was like, nature didn't do anything. It didn't have anything to do with this, you son of a bitch. And So I was like, somebody's got to put this poor rabbit out of his misery, and all I had was, a I don't know, 20,000-pound vehicle or however much of my work vehicle weighs. And So I decided that I had to help this rabbit and put it out of its misery, so I ran it over, and then I wasn't sure I got the job done, so then I went over it several more times. And oh, no. I figured I'd feel some sort of relief. And uh, that's not what happened at all. I felt absolutely terrible over the whole thing. And I was like, I've got to make it right with this rabbit. There's, I've got to fix the situation. So then I decided I could no longer take life in so that i become a vegetarian. Problem with that is I absolutely hate vegetables. So I was yeah. like, well, I guess I'm going to eat a lot of pasta, a lot of pasta and pastries. And I made it about a day and a half into that. And, uh, then uh, broke down and had some green chili on a, a breakfast burrito, and then went and had a steak. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> that didn't work." Did we lose her? Oh, uh, I think we lost her. Uh, that's okay. Vegetarian and made it about a day and a half because I hate vegetables. I eat a lot of <laughs> I a lot of pasta and pastries in a day and a half, so yeah. that's the whole thing. But that was my best idea for making it right by that rabbit that I killed. Yeah, so that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So. You you said you're engaged, I would assume a wedding is coming. What else is what else is going on in your life coming up? Do you have a lot of stuff going on? Do you have long term plans of staying at harmony? You just kinda enjoying it day by day? <laughs>
2: Um, so it's so funny. So my fiance is actually also a harmony alum. Oh, wow. Um, awesome. his name is Jesse Mosel but we did not meet when I was on the job. Everyone always asked me, Oh, Michael, you met your fiance. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, no, taking I'm him
1: like, out on actually- the way in.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, we met a couple, we met, uh, about four years ago. And, um, I just never thought anything of it. And then we just kind of reconnected when I got up here, but anyways, um, so he, it's awesome. He's in recovery and I love being in a, being in a relationship with somebody else who is, is in recovery. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought that I would experience a love that I that I'm experiencing with with Jesse and it's just I know it's cheesy but it's 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 just incredible mm-hmm. um so with that being said yes we're getting married our our wedding is this year in October as well so uh, fingers crossed that it all goes to plan
0: right and
2: <laughs> and we actually just bought a house I'm, I'm sitting in our new house that we bought in Conifer awesome. and so we're we're homeowners here um we have no plans of going anywhere i i we love this area we have family up here his sister's up in denver my dad's in denver so we we're here you know and awesome. i love harmony i love the work that i get to do i'm like if i ever get bored then we'll we'll talk about it but i don't think that that can probably happen in in the realm of work that we do mm-hmm. no <laughs> um, kidding. so you know i just i'm so grateful and like yes of course i like to plan for the future but i you know i i'm like i'm just a total alcoholic and i'm like a day at a time but i'm just i'm so grateful you guys like grateful doesn't even do justice like mm-hmm. it's just it's so cool like you know life is really awesome and and I owe it to my recovery
0: absolutely yeah i think we're getting close to an hour and that's usually when we start to wrap up i think you are the epitome of the type of guests that Aaron and I wanted on the podcast when we started this. We wanted people that are living life, actively participating in in all forms of life, you know, not just living in the rooms or, you know, non-existent in in AA or NA or DA, whatever, but just actively participating in life and, um, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just everything. And so, um i just want to say thank you for being a part of it and um you know coming and sharing your experience with us and i we tend to have reoccurring guests i think you'd be an awesome one when we can do things in person to have one in person again and just see what's going on and how things are going and whatnot and um yeah i just want to say thank you for being a part of it
2: Dude, thank you guys so much. Like, this is what it's all about. You know, it's just like, it's not just like, you know, it's not just sharing the message. Like, literally, it's like, it's being the message. Mm-hmm. And, and in any in any way that evolves, like, it's just cool. And I'm, I'm grateful that both of you created this podcast so that people that aren't maybe totally ready to come forth, you know, in the open, they have a podcast to listen to. They can, you know, plant a seed for mm-hmm. them to show them that, you know, like, there is a solution. Absolutely, uh, we do recover.
1: Yeah. Uh, Also, I wanted to ask you about real quick. Uh, what was the name of your book again? Can you... Dr-
2: oh, it's on Amazon. You can get on Amazon, okay. Google. It's called "Drowning in Addiction: Sink or Swim."
1: Okay. And then, if somebody's listening and and they're um, interested in attending treatment, or they have a loved one, or just anybody that that needs to reach out and doesn't know where they can reach out to, do you have uh, some resources available you can give us?
2: No. Yeah, they can always, they can always go ahead and always, uh, I will all go ahead and give you the, the harmony, the, the, the direct line for the, for, for harmony um, just in case, you know, like if they want to be able to call them, the direct line to harmony is nine, seven, zero, five, eight, six, four, four, nine, one. Awesome. Or they can always email me at marnold at harmonyfoundationinc all spelled out dot com.
0: Perfect. And are you okay with us putting that in the description the the number oh, yeah. and your book and and your email and stuff? Totally. Perfect. Cool. Yep. Yeah, that's
1: really cool. One one cool thing that happened was so I had. Um, I was an opiate addict living a double life, and I came clean to my wife, and And then I left for several days, and she looked into um, insurance options and treatment options, and one of the places uh, that, that I was qualified to go to was Harmony, and so one of the cool things is because um, I, I was fortunate enough to have a few weeks before I had to figure out what exactly to do was I was actually able to go check out Harmony mm. and go walk around before I went there. Not everybody has that luxury. Mo- that. Most people are just fucking staggering in the doors. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, lucky they didn't get a DUI on the way up the hill, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I really, uh, you know, they were super accommodating. Like I'm so grateful for my time there. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then also, I'm going to ask you just to hold on. When we get done recording, I just want to talk to you for a second about maybe another uh, option for people getting out of there that are coming to our area that I'm I'm guessing you don't know about. But we'll do that when we get in recording, if you'll just hold on a second.
0: Perfect. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Michael. I'm going to end the recording now. Thanks.